Columbia Broadcasting System and its affiliated stations present Orson Welles and the Mercury Theater on the air in The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. With infinite complacence, people went to and fro over the earth about their little affairs, serene in the assurance of their dominion over this small, spinning fragment of solar driftwood, which by chance or design, man has inherited out of the dark mystery of time and space. Yet across an immense ethereal gulf, minds that are to our minds as ours are to the beasts in the jungle, intellects vast, cool, and unsympathetic, regarded this earth with envious eyes and slowly and surely drew their plans against us. In the abductions are all clearly traced to various types of hoaxes, especially the Betty Barney Hill hoax. Crop circles are hoaxes as well. But the most telling thing of all is that aliens change with culture. So the Pentagon is going to present Congress with an unclassified report on recent UFO sightings as early as today. We're going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots in the west. Oh, thank you. Welcome to the Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael Crosswhite, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. We have all of these stories throughout Scripture of of people, humans, interacting with uh, beings that do not obey the laws of physics and don't seem to be bound by them at all Mm -hmm. and have even what we might say is strange properties to them. Mm-hmm. And this is well, I think this is is written throughout the biblical text. And the Bible even encourages you to think about them and realize that you're that we we're in a fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that for lack of a better for for a modern explanation, don't obey the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. And so you know, for me, one of the reasons why I think this is, it's foolish to push away from this is, is like, you, you believe in the Bible. You, you, the Christians own the copyright for trans-dimensional travel. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, let, let's put a fine point on it. Yeah. We do. Uh, yeah, this is been... well within our, our realm here. This is our, our, this is our playground, so to speak, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's been a few times when I've talked this way to our congregation over the years in preaching about the gospel and just saying, like, listen, if, you know, and usually it's when we're talking about evangelism, we're talking about the fear of kind of being rejected, being thought of as wacko, or being thought of as kind of like still believing fairy tales and things like that. And it's like, listen, you... The answer is yes. We, we believe that God, before all things, created all things, became a man, that he lived a sinless life by the Spirit of God, that he died on purpose, that he came back from the dead, that he then floated up into the heavens and disappeared into the clouds, and that one day he's a man— who is somewhere else right now, not on this earth, is going to come back to the earth and going to make everything right because God has made him the king and the ruler of all things. Mm-hmm. So the answer is yes, we sound ridiculous. We sound crazy. We sound like the UFO sightings in 1950s Roswell, whatever. Like we, we sound we sound like we're making stuff up. Right? Like it's so if you if you're concerned like i'm afraid i'm going to sound like that well yeah it's foolishness to those who are perishing paul says it's foolishness it's crazy talk the idea of christ being crucified 
raising from the the whole the whole thing sounds ridiculous, mm-hmm. right? So the the idea that we have a really believable set of reasonable, calm, uh, you know, uh, easy to understand, unmysterious gospel is a really sad, weak, unbiblical, unimaginary, taken for granted, probably Western American religious gospel. Yep. Because it's just, that's. It's not that amazing. It's not that wonderful. That's all the crazy stuff out there. We believe the normal things in the gospel. No, the gospel's phenomenal. The gospel right. is, there's another pun. The gospel is, what? How's that possible? How could, they even, how could that even be? You're saying that Jesus is 100% God, 100%. Man, we're having this conversation with my kids at the table the other day. You know, so God, so Jesus was like part God, part man. Nope, he's all God, he's all man. He's 100% man, and yet he is one with God. How can that be? That's part of the mystery. It's part of the, um, I was going to say unidentifiable <laughs> phenomenon, but I don't want to go there. But there's, there's that mystery that, that uh, is, it's not foreign to us. It, it's yeah. not new to us. We're, we sound crazy. But I think you were on spot in helping in that you go, I think about Elijah and the the chariot that took him off yeah. out into the sky. You know, you think about yeah. the moment where he's allowed to see all of God's army back there. I mean, we sing that song. Well, we don't sing that song in our church. But the <laughs> the Christian culture has that song, you know, God of angel armies. You know, and we, yeah. we remember the unseen world. And um, we've got the book, Heaven is for Real. Right? We've <laughs> So <laughs> we... There, we we say we believe transdimensional things. Right. Um, it shouldn't it shouldn't be out of our out of our categories uh, by any stretch. And yeah. I think we could, I mean, just just real quickly here. I mean, I just think the whole Bible is God interacting with man. Right. I mean, from the front Genesis to Revelation, God who is who. Who John says and Revelation says you cannot see. No one can right. see. Right. And yet he's constantly interacting with us. Right. Uh, that's yeah, you're right. We've got the copyright. We're, this is our yes. category. Yeah. Yes. And so it, when you hear what, what's interesting is like I, th- I think the explanation, the typical explanation of our existence. We, we put that in the category of existential philosophy, which is, you know, how did we okay. come to be? Big words. You know? Explain. Right, right. Yeah, give it a yeah. little bit more. Existential philosophy is basically just the uh, exploration of how we came into existence. Why are mm-hmm. we here? Mm-hmm. Anytime you're talking existentially, the story is going to be crazy. It's going what we would typically refer to as crazy. It's going to be something that we don't currently experience in that way, or we don't think we do. So as an example, you know, our existential explanation is God said, let there be light, and he created the world and everything in it. And he created man out of the ground and, um, and so on and so forth, right? So that explanation has grown probably disfavorable amongst many in our culture. But the explanation that Darwin comes up with that most people subscribe to is equally crazy, is beyond equally crazy. It's, it's mm-hmm. crazier, I think, mm-hmm. um, that it's un- it's all of this... It's, it's maybe less reasonable. Did you say that? Yeah, it seems less reasonable. All of this came from nothing. It's a complete cosmic accident. Yeah. And... Um, we're lucky to be here. It lacks it lacks one more Thank- level of well, where did that come from? Well, where did that right. come from? Well, where did that come from? Right. It's, and I don't think Darwin it stops, was. At the, it stopped right. about halfway through. Yeah, and I don't think Darwin was able to even articulate this, but scientists now are beginning to articulate this. That well, if the universe is is infinite, then um, and we, we're dealing with infinite space then this, you know, matter, given an infinite number of opportunities, could stumble upon this created order that we have right now, this order that we have right now. 
So if you think about it, if you were to give somebody a coin and you were to ask them to flip it a hundred times, the odds that they would flip a hundred heads in a row is it wouldn't happen. Let's just say it's astronomical. It wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. But if you were to give them an infinite number of flips and they were to just infinitely flip the coin, you would at some point find a hundred heads in a row as the thinking goes mm-hmm. that in an infinite with an infinite number of opportunities, there would be a hundred any given moment, a hundred heads in a row. And at some point, probably a hundred tails in a row. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the idea being that if there's infinite space that and and matter has an infinite number of opportunities that at some point it's going to not only create us but it's going to create another being out there and so when you when you think about that the only reason that sounds plausible to most people is because it's in the modern vernacular it's it's constantly being talked about it's in your face you grew up with it being taught in school it's all over the tvs everybody assumes that it's true and all of those things are just sort of baked into your consciousness so when you talk about it they go hey you believe in those fairy tales like god created everything and i'm thinking but you believe in the fairy tale that all of this came from nothing and it's one big cosmic accident Mm -hmm. and further when you follow the follow it to its logical conclusion that means for us what what does it mean morally? Why am, I, why am I obligated to any kind of moral standard when this is all one big accident? Well, I'm not, right? But, you don't, but most people don't want to follow it to that logical conclusion, nor do they back up far enough to say, well, all material has a beginning, right? Anything yeah. that's material has a beginning. And, yeah, I think, I you think know, that's so, I mean, helpful to, to take it back and say, if you, if you just get stuck in the what's that on the video argument and you never go back to, okay, whose world are we in, then right. you, you do one of two things. You either make assumptions that potentially are untrue because you don't have any other answers or you don't even consider other actual possibilities that there might be in a God-created, sovereign, ordained world uh, like the transdimensional option uh, as an explanation for some of these phenomena. Yeah. Yeah. So that's helpful. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think it's really important that we as Christians begin to think in that capacity that, wait a minute, we're dealing with a narrative that explains a, a whole lot about the world around us, even more than we may initially give it credit for that in it we have explanation for beings from other dimensions that yeah. from another dimension that um that that are actually uh you know that have interacted with our world yeah. and have interacted with humans before mm-hmm. and ha- have you know so i mean i i think I, the point is I, I just think that um that we shouldn't be afraid of that yeah, right? I mean, I'm, we believe uh, the pinnacle of our worship is that Christ became man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, it, I'm yeah. reading through, I'm preaching through Revelation. We're going to pick back up this week in uh, Revelation chapter 4. So it took us a whole semester from like January-ish, February, I think, to May to do the first three chapters. We stopped for Easter. We did one letter at a time. After that, um, so uh, we're picking up in Revelation 4, and Revelation 4 is actually interesting because it gives us a picture into the, the throne room of God, and I think what's helpful is it it, it, it gives us this, I don't know, I'm not going to use the word interdimensional in my sermon on Sunday, probably, but this these weird figures and creatures that to us seem and feel otherworldly, but they're pro- I think they're actually describing our world in closer terms than we probably realize at first. But in a, in a way that the whole point of the picture of, of God on the throne is that everything that exists, lightning, fire, spirits, cr- the uh, water, all the living creatures and everything in creation that exists, God's throne is kind of the center of all those things. Mm-hmm. And that there's nothing outside of God where God's going, wait a second, where did those UAPs come from? Like, mm-hmm. what is what is that? What's that? 
being covered in eyes floating around the ocean over there. Uh, there, there, there is nothing. And so uh, you, you, you have this picture all through Scripture. I, one of the things that um, I just think we forget, like we, we as Christians, we're, Revelation depicts this as well, like we're in a constant battle with another dimension. Like you talked about spiritual forces of darkness in Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul said, that's our real enemy. Our real enemy isn't even the visible flesh. Our real enemy right. is something invisible. Right. And, it, you know, uh, several years ago now, actually, I was with the students, we were at our house, and we were kind of putting the uh, uh, this kind of a questions in a hat kind of night, and everyone got to put a question on a piece of paper, we put it in a hat. We're just going to kind of talk about what are your questions, what are, what are you, what, what's your curiosity right now, and we'll, we'll see if we can come up with some answers, just a chance to, you know, get things out and talk through and not be afraid of any questions. And the first one that came up had to do with demons. Well, we spent the entire night on demonology. We never got to another question. We did, we did that all night. And we went right back to Genesis 1 to show that the most demonic thing, the first demonic thing that happened um, was the serpent lying. It wasn't demon oppression or wasn't uh, uh, you know kind of demon taking over someone's body in that sense. It was a lie. And when Jesus gets into his ministry in Mark chapter 1 and 2, who's, who's the first people, the first being, if you will, to recognize who Jesus is? Way before the demon. disciples do in Mark 1. Yeah, it's the demon. Mm-hmm. He's, mm-hmm. he's reading from the scriptures in the synagogue, and, uh, and a demon-possessed man stands up and says, We know who you are, O Holy One. What have mm-hmm. you come? What have you to do with us? Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jesus, you know, throws the smack down and deals with it. But there's something going on there in that moment. If you're reading Mark and you're going, we we gotta read past it today. We just kind of oh yeah, that was then that you know that happened and Jesus, a demon, recognized a man. He recognized Jesus, and from the onset of Jesus's ministry, he's constantly interacting with that world. And we as Christians are in a constant battle in that world. Even our own temptation, our, um, you know, the, uh, the, the liar, the one who was a liar and murderer from the beginning, still roams around the earth seeking whom he may devour. And we yeah. should watch out and be careful. So we're, we're not even, it's not even the possibility of that world. That's our life. Yeah. Every day is an engagement with, uh, that which is spiritual and cannot be, cannot be seen. And you know, some some video today uh, showing something from another dimension. You know, well, angels popped up at Jesus's resurrection. Angels have popped up before. Um, you know, donkeys talk. Like, what do we? Of course, yeah. it doesn't. It's not surprising. Right. You, and that, I think that's the one of the things that I want to encourage Christians to, to think is that, first of all, you live in a more fantastic world than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And then you're tempted to believe at this moment. You're tempted yeah. to believe everything can be explained. But if you ever witnessed a donkey talk to you, I think you would kind of rethink that strategy, right? Yeah. And if you've ever been in a room where two people are talking and there's clearly an inside joke that both of them understand that you don't understand, mm-hmm. that had to be what they felt like in the first century when Jesus is reading the scriptures and a, and a demon-possessed man go, what do you have to do with as a holy one? We know mm-hmm. who you are. Yeah. That you're in the room going, what the heck? What's going on here? <laughs> Jesus, you okay, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like looking back at back and forth at the at the at the two of them going. I I I don't think I totally understand what's happening here. What 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 is going on? Yeah, (laughs) you know, your hair is standing on end, though, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And to 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 you know, I mean, think of the the seven sons of Sceva in Acts, Uh Uh where they they're casting out demons. They're and they say, you know, in uh, the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out, and, and the demon answers them. Jesus, uh-huh. I know. Paul, I've heard of, but who are you? Yeah. You know, Ooh. I mean, mm. even that response, and then beats the seven sons until they're they're bleeding and naked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, what happened to their clothes? I mean, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> how did that's, <laughs> I don't, anyway. How did this happen? Yeah, this is like a totally crazy thing that's taking place. But if you think about the response here, 
that 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 the, <laughs> the demon gives to them. Jesus, I know. Paul, I've heard of. Yeah, like there's like yeah. some underground demonic communication that's going back and forth. I got the email about Paul the other day, mm-hmm. and saw. I mean, like, so there's there's just some strange things in a world that we totally don't understand. And we're tempted to believe that everything is terrestrial, everything is expl- is able to be explained, everything is tactile, everything mm-hmm. is obs- is observable by the senses. And the mm-hmm. Bible is clear that he created all things visible and invisible. In other words, there are things that you cannot sense that are very much real. They are a part of reality, but mm-hmm. you don't experience them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And so... When I think if we were to say, if, if somebody were to sit down with me and they were to say, okay, what's this stuff up in the sky on this YouTube video? And I, and I just gave them the blanket explanation and I just said, demons, I think they would think that I was nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, let's find a new church, guys. Uh, right, yeah. <laughs> right. But I think if we break it down and we start to go, wait a minute, first of all, we live in a world where trans-dimensional interaction is normal mm-hmm. and is recorded, it's historical, and it's actually in our Bible. Mm-hmm. Then I think we move it into the realm of reality or of possibility, right? Mm-hmm. So now when we talk about it, I think we have to also ask, what are they actually doing? Like, what's their job? So if there is such thing as you know, let's say demonic forces that can invade our time and space and be temporarily visible to us and yet at the same time not necessarily obey the laws of nature or the laws of what we would consider the laws of nature. Right. What then is their job or their their task when they get when they get here, when they interact with us? What has been historically their job? And I think even from the beginning, as you bring up uh, Satan coming into the garden, it, it's really to distort for us reality, to mm-hmm. control the narrative of the other dimension. This is this is the reality that you need to understand. Did God really say? No, 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 no. See, he knows that when you eat of the fruit, you'll become like him, knowing good and evil. So... Immediately, you're seeing that the the, sat- the satanic bent toward interacting with humans is to help control the narrative, so that they get their information from him, rather than mm-hmm. from God. And I I think that's that's a that's a helpful category of understanding what demonic forces are actually trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is not just tempt us, but help control our explanation for what is real and what's not. Make us believe something else. Make us believe a a different narrative. Yeah. And, you know, you... So we've been talking about UFOs for weeks. And (laughs) just the fact that we're doing it right now is... uh, I I didn't have faith at first. Yeah, but here we are. You know, God works in all kinds of mysterious ways. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that you brought up a few times was just the the demonology that. So so let's 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 take the step this way. It's like we're not you're not saying I don't think we're saying like hey take the tic tac and the F-15s video and we're like hey that's a demon. Clearly, yeah. We're right. we're not even saying that now. We're what we are saying, and what what I'll I'll track with and I'll go there, um, is that if that turns out to be clearly identified and proven to be trans-dimensional being, that we're not freaked out by that. Right. We have a category for that. Precisely. We, we have a king who is greater than that. We have a creator who is above that, that we've got angels showing up and killing 120-something thousand in one night in Scripture like we're we're not freaked out by that. Our faith isn't shaken or shattered because of that. We've got categories for that. But we're also not saying that we're hundred percent sure that an F fifteen tracked a demon flying across the ocean <laughs> that was 
we're not necessarily going that far. <laughs> right. right. Not necessarily. Right. Um, or that, you know, if there would have been an F-15 in the first century, it would have picked up some heat signature from the seven demons of Skiva. Like that, like there's those direct <laughs> connections, right? We're talking in categories here of, of what's, what's possible. But in, to take that one degree further, there have been interactions with uh, UAPs, UFOs, and reports that are clearly de- demonic in nature. Yeah. That, that seem to be not just, I saw a tic-tac in the air, I saw a light that flew away, but that they describe something that is fairly easily discernible as other dimensional and evil in nature not just unexplainable in physical nature not just unexplainable in physics and lights and speed and force but morally wrong morally other and even morally darker and uh, more spiritual than the world that we think that we you know, we're convinced that we live in an unspiritual world. It, it reveals maybe that's not the case here because of the way things are described. Um, and it's doctor is it Doctor Heiser Heisner Heiser who has written yeah. about that, talked about that, has a documentary about about that kind of connection with that world. Yeah, I think it's really important. I think he de- he actually does a, a you know really important work. His name is Michael Heiser, and um, he works for um, an organization called Faith Life, which is uh, which is a, actually an organization that makes Bible software. But mm-hmm. he does a lot of uh, Faith Life also re- is responsible for like sponsoring a lot of teaching and book publishing and things like that in general. And uh, Michael Heiser is a he's a professor. He's a uh, he has a doctorate. He's a biblical theologian. Mm-hmm. And he he and I probably do not see eye to eye on everything. That's for sure. Um, yeah. But I I would say he's he's um, widely recognized in biblical scholarship for a lot of work that he does with demonology mm-hmm. and the understanding of demons, the unseen realm. He has a book called The Unseen Realm. But one thing that I think is really helpful, just in kind of in popular culture, is. Um, is a documentary that he produced uh, or that Faith Life produced um, called Aliens and Demons where he starts to draw the connection between um, between sort of the UFOlogy kind of, uh, I think they call it UFOlogy, but um, that sort of study, that discipline, and the the unseen realm, the demonic demonic beings, and things like this, and and so I think he does a really good job. Now, unfortunately, that documentary is on Faith Life TV, which is probably the worst platform for streaming that there really is. But it's about four ninety nine a month, and you can and you know we're in no way sponsored, and I don't get any money for that. But just saying, like you can watch that. <laughs> not documentary yet, for anyway. About just, just yeah, wait. not yet. Yeah. yeah. Let me just put the caveat on there. You want to send some money? That's fine. Um, but. But anyway, you can watch that, and 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 it's uh it's it's really pretty good, and I, and I think he goes through a lot of like the connection here between what we're seeing and the unseen, or at least some of what we're seeing, and potentially the unseen realm. And I think what you kind of take from that, or at least what I do, is there is a a disturbing amount of um, of connection between. UFOs, aliens, that kind of thing, and uh, drug use, um, seances, uh, demonic worship, cult worship. In fact, not just in that documentary, but there are other UFO documentaries where um, one I'm thinking of, and the title escapes me, and we can probably put it in the show notes, but um, is a documentary that begins with a seance where the the person like basically says like here's how I contact here's how I interact with these aliens and basically leads a, essentially a demonic séance and um, this is where I think the category of what we're seeing in the sky and potentially what some people in the common, like sort of the laity, if you want to use that expression, the laity, mm-hmm. what they are doing to interact with or quote unquote interact with these sorts of beings is demonic in nature. 
um, there there was a story he brings up in that documentary of a man named by the, by the name of Billy Meyer, who is you know kind of one of the original. I guess he's one of the original kind of proponents of alien abduction and kind of mm-hmm. that he's been abducted by aliens and this kind of thing. And um, he details his his abduction and that he was abducted by an alien that named itself Simjaze. And what's interesting is that that name is actually a name of a demonic being in First Enoch, chapter six. Which mm-hmm. Enoch is a is a book that is a what they call a pseudepigrapha. It's it's like a it's not in the Bible, but mm-hmm. it is a it's a pretty old book. It's attributed to Enoch, who was, you know, it's. It wasn't yeah. written by him, but but the point is that it's but, it's in there. It yeah. details a lot of like the fall of man and 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 fallen angels and things like this. And and um, Simjaza is a is a is a demon in there that was you know instrumental in the you know Genesis six narrative and things like that. And so uh, it's interesting that <laughs> that this man would detail just sort of pick a name out of the out of the clouds simjaza um, mm-hmm. that is very very similar to this demonic name but um, but the point is that so much of this is is follows drug use hallucinate hallucinogens and things like that and if you listen to people like that are in the common common culture like Joe Rogan and people that have incredibly popular followings um, drug use and hallucinations are part of it. And so, and those are the ones that seem to be the most open to this sort of alien abduction narrative. And then often when they are abducted and when they, when they have these sort of stories, what are the narratives that follow? What are the stories that they tell? Well, it's usually um, the alien contacted me and told me that I'm part of a special race and he's coming to send me a message and that, um, that you know, really, I'm special that in females, a lot of times it's, you know, you're implanted with uh, a a hybrid species of us and you that's going to save the world. And frequently what you find too in these stories is that the, the, that sort of, whatever you want to call this, uh, co-ops the Christian narrative of, you know, reintroducing Jesus and changing the story about Jesus was really just one of us and mm-hmm. um, coming to give you a message and um, and that kind of thing. And so those stories in particular, I think, shed a little bit more light on maybe what's going on here. What's the design of this? Let's say that this pilot is tracking some transdimensional um, being what is the what would be the goal if that were the case and we're not again we're not settling on that is the case but what if that were the case what would be the goal well mm-hmm. it would be the same as it's always been mm-hmm. that we are coming we have a higher knowledge uh, we are coming to uh, explain how these things happen it's us that you should look to for answers and so if that were the case, I think that's, it's a, it's a really convenient and very easy narrative. It's just coming to us in a package that, you know, is potentially a little bit different than what it has been in the past, but it's the same story. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, some, you know, almost like reading a modern day C.S. Lewis, um, what's the title? Of the Space book? Trilogy. Form. No, 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 with Wormwood and... Um, oh, yeah. Um, what's the title of this book? Yeah, good um, grief. I can't think of it either. Uh, you scared it out of me. Oh, okay. Screw tape letters. <laughs> the screw tape letters with screw People tape listening are screaming. Screw tape letters. This is yeah. a screw tape letter. The, But it's like a modern, you know, potentially a modern day version where there's an yeah. interaction that interacts within technology or interacts in a way that's always been there just hasn't been observable um, in the past. Like the thing that the F-15 catches and there's multiple sightings off the coast of San Diego, um, what would have seen those things before? How would right. we have captured them uh, if, if not by technology? So, yeah, you know, um, it's uh, you, you kind of have to come to a place where you're like, if it's this, then this, and, and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. That that's not that's not the end of the world or the end of, of, of faith. What would yeah. you say though, if a member of your church comes to you and, and is like, I, I saw this thing 
you know, I was listening to a podcast uh, with Jared Wilson from Midwestern Seminary a few weeks ago. It's on UFOs. And he explained, my recollection is correct, either someone else or was himself uh, describing with other people, you know, so shared eyewitness, you know, picture of kind of lights, something flying, hovering, that looks like it's clearly intentionally moving it around and it takes off. And uh, I know you've told me recently, the last few weeks, that someone you know, is that right? Someone mm-hmm. you know had kind of a similar story mm-hmm. uh, about something that happened like that. Um, mm-hmm. As a pastor, or I guess even more fundamentally as a Christian, uh, what's your what should our first response be? If someone comes up and I says, I saw something, or they want to give the conversation about the F-15 video or the intelligence report, what what ought to be kind of our our first reaction to these things in conversation? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question, and I think it's something that we have to think about as Christians because it's the, the natural conclusion we need to we need to begin drawing is like, what would I do? Mm-hmm. You know, if I saw that, or if somebody I know did it, what categories do I have of of understanding this? And I think, mm-hmm. you know, it's important to understand or to ask. Uh, for somebody that would ask me that, like, what is it that you're scared of? And to really find out what conclusion would scare you. Mm-hmm. And so um, for some, I think the idea that the government could have weapons of this capability might scare them. Mm-hmm. And, um, and but, you know, this is that I want to reiterate. That's a plausible explanation that potentially this is government craft. Does that scare you? And I think for many, the answer is going to be yes. And I think there again, we come back to Scripture and go, why? Why does that mm-hmm. scare you? Why does it scare you that there might be um, a government entity out there that has a freakish amount of power? And I think the response would be, because they have a freakish amount of power. <laughs> well, look, they're, they're not all powerful. We know mm-hmm. that. They have yeah, an end. And- and also, if I'm in that conversation, I'm not. I hope hope that I wouldn't be sarcastic and rude as I I can be sometimes, but um, but I would be like, uh, did did the amount of technology and power that we had before the Tic Tac, did that not bother you? Right and now, the Tic Tac really, you know, really bothers yeah. you, because uh, the right. government's probably listening to this conversation right now already, so. Um, yeah. what, what's the big deal? There's already enough nuclear bombs to blow up our world, the moon, and the sun three times. So, yeah, you know, like, uh, how, yeah. why did you get afraid? What what false yeah. security were you already living in? Right. Uh, if if that was the case, without without being sarcastic, that's just, um, you know, the the world that you thought you were living in, the safety that you thought you were living in, the trust that you had in your government before. Um, you think they're telling you stuff? That's one of the things I I tell people. Uh, that I, I guess I don't tell people. I've, I think I've learned from reading American biographies is that we just we probably don't know. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but like even the things that are going on with Afghanistan right now and the security decisions that are made, the intelligence that's known. If you think what's in the news is everything that we know, no way. There oh, ain't. Man. There's no way. Uh, you can go back to the Civil War. You can go back to elections. You can go. You can go back in history and find out that. Things were were done in secret. Things were uh, planned in secret. Money was spent in secret. Uh, I, I just so if you think we have the whole story uh, now, and that to potentially find out something like this Tic Tac is an American or Iranian made technology war force, uh, we're kind of already there. We're, we're kind of already yeah. in that space where if you're going to be afraid, there's plenty to be afraid of. Um, oh, absolutely. But we don't. We we have reason not to be afraid even in those worst-case technology uh, weaponry scenarios. Right. And I think, you know, this is where uh, Luther's hymn um, that says, uh, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still, is sort of our song. It's, it's, um, it underscores everything that we believe, that what am I afraid of? The this body that I, I live in uh, is, it will die. You know, if it's not from, you know, a government agency, it's going to be from cancer or from natural, other natural causes, you know. 
And, and so, you know, what, what is it that I really have to be afraid of? You know, and, and I think that's the important thing to understand is like when somebody says, well, you know, I saw this, help me understand it. Okay, well, let's, let's, what explanations would terrify you, you know? And yeah, let's understand good. that these, um, that if it's a government, if the explanation is a, a governmental craft, that, that they have immense amount of power, more power than we ever thought they did before, uh, that shouldn't scare you. Mm-hmm. Because all the, if you look in Daniel 7, all the kingdoms of the world are bowing down to the Ancient of Days. Mm-hmm. So I have nothing to be afraid of there. Now let's, let's talk about some things that and, and might be mention, really uncomfortable. Just to mention, yeah, just to mention really quickly, speaking of Daniel, we have uh, God turning a king into something else. Right. Uh, it, not turning him into something else, but making some weird stuff happen uh, yeah, with his claws sure. and hair and feathers and eating grass and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I mean, that's the world we're in right now. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, there, there's the Ancient of Days humbling all kingdoms and dominions. And, and so what I have what I have complete trust in, well, I say that not like it's unwavering, but I'm just saying, you know, what I have trust in is that one day, uh, Christ will appear in the heavens and Mm -hmm. we, every eye will see him. And not only that, but that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Mm -hmm. in heaven and on earth and under the earth, which Mm -hmm. just think about that for just a second. But Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. So when it comes to uh, governmental agencies potentially having more power than we know what to do with, um, that doesn't terrify me, you know, and it shouldn't terrify you. So really, I mean, more than this podcast even being about uh, unidentified aerial phenomenon, it's really about um, fear, you know, do we have anything to be afraid of? We have nothing mm-hmm. to be afraid of. So then let's let's go to the next step. And so let's say, all right, so let's say it's not governmental. Let's say this is uh, otherworldly. Um, yep. And let's say this is transdimensional. Demonic. Does that terrify you? An- this angelic. Is de- yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Does that terrify you? Which, let me ask you and, a question. Do you think there's a category where there's like demon technology? <laughs> Or angel technology, that this is technology, but it's not human technology. This tic-tac, it's demonic, but the demons, they just have better technology than us. They have interdimensional <laughs> technology. I think possibly? that is a question beyond my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> I have I mean, listen, no if idea. We're, the level that we're talking about here, you know, like, I'm just not going to say no. I'm not going right. to say no. I don't know. Right. I don't think so. Right. But... And, but, but I think it, you know, I think the, the, that question of would this, one, would this terrify you if I told you it, it could potentially be demonic mm-hmm. uh, or spiritual in nature, you know, more, more spiritual than what we would typically refer to as spiritual. Um, and if it wouldn't terrify you, would you find it a plausible explanation? And I think if the answer to the first question, would it terrify you, is yes. Or if the answer to the second question, uh, would you think that's a plausible explanation, is no. Then I think we've got problems either way. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if it terrifies you that this could be spiritual, um, you need to understand who that he is the creator of all things visible and invisible. That every throne and dominion and power bows down to him. So the God that I serve, I have nothing to fear about Mm -hmm. that. Whether it be a person that I'm coming in contact with that I believe to be demon-possessed or uh, something flying in the sky that is threatening to take over, take control of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, any technology we have or or destroy us or whatever, I have nothing to fear there either. Mm -hmm. If you don't think it's a plausible explanation, then I think we have problems because... The Bible seems to indicate that the world of plausibility is much stranger than we would initially think it would be, right? right? Like, there are things that have happened and continue to happen on a daily basis, whether we're aware of them or not, that are strange, that are mm-hmm. very strange. And the world that you live in may not be the world that you think you live in. 
And I think you need to get used to the idea that um, we, we anticipate someone coming from the clouds mm-hmm. and making himself apparent to all people on the earth at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, that that sort of changes potentially what we think might be possible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, what we believe. and not to Jesus juke something you just said, but even even the How idea. How can you Jesus? I just I just Jesus the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna double Jesus juke me? But Is like, there a, such think, thing as a double yeah, Jesus juke? Uh, well, there's a. I think I do this too, but there's the referring to demonic and otherworldly things as strange and using that terminology to describe satanic demonic evil trans-dimensional activity as as strange and i would say that reading of our bible that looking at the world around that that if we think that way about the trip that we take to the grocery store to get our groceries if we think that way about when we set at our computer and we're tempted to look at pornography that an, a demonic force activity lie whisper you know god job like offering uh satan to have his way or letting satan sift peter like wheat if that's strange to us what bible are we reading like what what Christianity are are we a part of, right? Because the one that is it that's not strange, that's normal, right? Uh, that's from the from the garden forward, and I I think I find myself doing that too, thinking of that like we are we are like that's the that's the weird realm that we don't know and that we you know we don't ever interact with and we forget that is even there, but. In the Bible, it's actually normal, and it's kind of the part of the reason that Jesus matters so much. You know mm-hmm. that the, the conclusion of in uh, Mark one, when the demon recognizes G- Jesus teaching in the synagogue, the people leave. Uh, they they're done in that moment, remembering, you know, or having come to the conclusion that Jesus teaches as someone who has authority that what this means is he commands unclean spirits and they obey him, that that means that that's a way that we get to the, uh, the, uh, the divinity of Jesus Christ. The, the demonic recognition, uh, when they uh, cry out the Holy One of God, they recognize him. And they re- when Jesus tells them to be silent and come out, that's how that's a that's a way that people got to who Jesus is, and I think that's part of the story of Mark. The whole point is here. This is not just a story. It's not just about Jesus's power. It's about Jesus's identity. It's a way that you get to who is this Jesus man that even speaks to demons and they obey him, right? They're mm-hmm. they're terrified. They run away squealing and shrieking from him. Because he has power in every realm. All authority, dominion, rulers, and kingdoms have been created by, through, and for him. So he's over all of them. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, how we, that's a way that we get to who Christ is. Mm-hmm. And so right off the bat, if we're reading Mark, we're going, I'm in a world like this. Jesus is mm-hmm. a king like this. Um, I'm, I'm believing a gospel like this. This is a book like this. Mm-hmm. This is not strange. This is hmm. this is normal. What would be strange would be to live in a world that's only flesh, that's only with the eyes, that's you're just going to the grocery store, you're at your computer, there is no demon, there is no spiritual whatsoever. That's mm-hmm. that's actually strange. That's what's yeah. weird. That would be weird. Because yeah. then the world that we know, you don't even have to get to an F fifteen tic tac video to go, okay, we live in an unexplainable world. Uh-huh. There's so many uh, phenomenons. They don't have to be aerial phenomenons, but just UPs, unidentifiable phenomenons. That uh, that doesn't make sense. You know, right right down to uh, your friend or members of our church coming in with a tumor one day, cancer. 
you know, they got a six inch tumor on their kidney. They go up next week uh, to have the surgery. And the surgeon says, we can't even find it. Right. But that's an yeah. unidentifiable phenomenon if you don't already yeah. live in a world like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's not strange. And if, we, if, we're, if we're talking in that language like it is strange, that's just evidence that our our worldview about theology, about demonology, about the gospel, about who Christ is, and about his realm, and about the kingdom of God, and what all it entails, it, it needs to grow. Right. It, we need to become more more familiar with that uh, on, on our own. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, I think, too, the, it's, it's coming to the realization that things happen constantly around us that are beyond our experience that are not regular to our experience and you know in the same way you see in the old testament when we so often when we read the old testament we're like man we don't live in that world anymore but you know here's um elisha opening the eyes of the guy next to him to the angels that are you know at war with the nation of israel you know and fighting in their favor and we think we look at that story and we're like, man, uh, we don't live there anymore. You know, that that kind of stuff right. doesn't happen anymore. Or perhaps it's so foreign to my experience that um, I don't even recognize that world. And what I think is really it's really important what you're getting at, what I'm getting at, I think is the same thing, is that you do still live in that world. And you may not, on a regular basis, experience it in that way. But that doesn't mean that it's not the world you live in anymore. And, you know, uh, I mean, if you think about it, if you want to get really down to it, the idea that somebody can preach the gospel and that a person in a pew who is lost in sin and addiction of all sorts can hear the gospel and believe and be led to redemption and recovery from addiction and repentance of sin. That's crazy. That's strange if you want to get down to it. And it's truly, it's a miracle that God redeems us uh, by the truth of the gospel. And so I think, you know, it's a testimony to the fact that you do live in that world and it's not hard to find people, um, Christians in your church, who have had brief glimpses of, of the reality of the world that they actually do live in, you know, where they've seen things or experienced things that are what they would say probably is strange, and I think by that meaning foreign to their regular everyday experience and um but yet i think the the main thing that we've been getting at is that as christians we have a great understanding of what that is and again we own the copyright to all of this and you know i think it's it's foolish for us to one you know set aside the argument as if it's crazy or two um, you know, run from it as if we're scared from it. You know, we, mm. we should be able to confront it head on and help people to understand, hey, if you want answers to this, if you want to wrestle with all the different possibilities, one, I'm not scared of them. And two, if you want real answers, you should consult the scriptures because I think they actually give them. Yeah, the, the Bible is what it says, which is actually sufficient to equip us for every good work. It actually yeah. is a sufficient revelation from God. And, and to I understand think, the world that you live in. Yeah. And I, th yeah. I think another danger, too, is it just even more fundamental than just actually trying to explain uh, the tic-tac or the lights or things like that is just a more fundamental um, struggle that Christians have to be, as Paul says in Ephesians 4, uh, be like children and be tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Now we can often narrow that down to kind of, you know, more Darwinian, humanistic, 
anti-gospel doctrines, but I think that includes a lot more than we might even consider. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Paul actually even tells uh, Timothy had nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. So, so I love mm-hmm. that Paul has a category for silly myths. Like mm-hmm. you hear it, and Timothy, it's a silly myth. Don't. Mm-hmm. Why would you go down that road? And I think there's going to be some of that. You you could you could spend hours on the internet. I mean, I you know the UFOs in the UAP thing. It was kind of like a it, it, honestly for me until the last month, two months I guess. It was really kind of in that category like there are some weird people in the world who who believe weird things, have seen weird things. Yeah. I don't even know if I trust them. I don't know what I believe about this stuff. You started to, a podcast with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't realize that I was friends with one of them this whole time. Um, only I, I remember the day when you were like, can you believe this? And I yeah. was like, yes, yes I, I can. Yes, yes Do you actually. <laughs> um, but now seeing, I mean, I just typed in this morning on the way here. I just typed in, just to listen to something on the way into the office, just typed in UFO into Apple Podcast. Oh my goodness, like the options, uh, the number of documentaries that have come out, the YouTube channels and tracks uh, that are out there, the books that are still coming out, uh, the, I, the podcast that I listened to this morning, uh, there's a guy who has written, and I don't remember when this podcast released, so sometime in the last couple of years, uh, who's rele- he's in, being interviewed and he's releasing a book on UFOs pre-Roswell. And that's coming out. And so it's, you know, the government intelligence release, the existence of the task force at the tune of $50 million or something like that. It's, um, you could get way deep down into the rabbit hole on this mm-hmm. one uh, really quickly. And if you're not careful, you can just get onto a track of silly myths. Mm-hmm. And it's... Not to say that all the UAPs, all the UFOs, they're all silly myths, but that once you start down this road of trying to check it out, oh my, the, the number of paths that are silly myths, they're just innumerable. They're just all over but, the place. But notice, I, and I think anybody that's still listening to this point <laughs> should just take an account because you're, you're going to see a number of documentaries over the next few years. I mean, the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I think, honestly, I, be- I really do believe that, um, that sort of this UFOology, whatever you want to call it, is becoming a cult. And uh, I think it will be the predominant cult in our culture probably in the next decade or so. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think it will be that pervasive. And I think drug use will follow with a lot of that. And so I, I think people should just just take into account, just put this in the back of your mind. And as you kind of investigate some of these things or watch the YouTube videos or the trailers or whatever, I think you will be shocked at the number of times hallucinogens, weed, uh, other DMT and other kinds of drugs are, are, are used in connection mm-hmm with communicating with these beings. Mm-hmm. I think you will be shocked to mm-hmm. see how often that's the case. Yeah, but in but you know, even if not, even if it's not right. hallucinogen, I, I don't know that I would go so far to say as I think it's gonna be and I'm about to correct myself, as I think it's gonna be as, as dominant as you might think, but I don't think I've gone down as far in the rabbit hole as you have either. So, you know um <laughs> I remember being in an Oxford in Asia conference in Hong Kong um, this would have been, we got married 2007, so it would have been 2008, 2009 sometime. A uh, larger church in Hong Kong was hosting an apologetics conference. And uh, Ravi was there, a few other guys from Risen were there. And uh, one of the guys, I I've got my notes, so I should have pulled it up, uh, did a talk on kind of the frontiers of apologetics. And he his his basic point was like, look, we've explored hinduism we've explored um uh, humanism and secularism and atheism what our technology is going to allow us to do and what our curiosity is going to take us is into otherworldly narratives 
to other planet sci-fi narratives being more and that was back in 2000 like i said 2008 or 9 and i remember sitting there thinking this dude is quack like i thought he was credible i thought that he was an apologist as a christian what in the world what's he talking about like i didn't have a category for that kind of narrative and i couldn't think that was more far from the truth as a as new frontier for apologetics and here we are mm-hmm. here we are i've been i've been proven wrong we haven't we're having a conversation so i think you're i do think you're right that this is a bigger deal than we thought it's in the news more than we think um if we want to be a christian and we want to talk about christ we want to talk about the glory of christ the breadth of christ the reach of christ people are people are reading this in the news this if, if you're having lunch with your uh, unbelieving coworker, this might be the beginning to a great gospel conversation. Yep. Hey, what, what do you think about UFOs? What do you think about UAPs? You know, what if it's a demon? I mean, you could just just come up with four or five questions real quick that just get you in a conversation about what's real and about what's believable and what's credi- credible. And um, it that's what we're talking about in the world. And so uh, I just I, I'm thankful. I will I will say this. Just in our friendship, one of the things that has been helpful to me over the years is just you helping me go, you know what, maybe you should think about this more than you were. Um, and even when it comes to just preparing sermons, uh, you know, like, I don't know if I would say that. Or, I don't know, do you want to get fired? Say it. Go ahead, you know. Um, but just, <laughs> you know, I, I, I feel like this is just good practice for me to go, maybe I don't see it as clearly as I, as I think I do. Maybe it's not as simple and explainable and, um, you know, maybe I can't just shrug this off like I thought I could um, mm. because of how I've been thinking about it and because I'm, uh, I'm a skeptic by nature and because uh, I'm a quasi-conspiracy theorist about our government. And so I just, you know, um, but I think I've been helped in the conversation just to go, you know, A, there's more there and there's different things there than I thought. Uh, and this matters. People are talking about this. Uh, uh-huh. there, there are questions to be asked about reality. And there are actually joy-filled, plausible, biblical explanations uh, for some of these things, and that's been a, that's been a great encouragement to me. It's actually, I think it strengthened my faith over the past month or so. There were some moments there where I was like, "Let's just stop. We just need to stop this right now." <laughs> but, but as I sit, I just feel encouraged. Uh, I don't feel like my faith is kind of leaning or kind of broken or bent. I feel like it's it's even greater uh, than before. I feel like a wor- I live in a in a world. Um, that makes sense and that has more answers than it did and is prepared to deal with things that I didn't even want to talk about uh, a month and a half ago. So, so I'm grateful for that. Does that mean next week? Does that mean next week we're doing a Bigfoot episode? Ah, bro, I mean, you know, (laughs) I mean, there's, there's stretching Uh, it and then there's like (laughs) pushing it. And... (laughs) Uh, we'll see. I don't. I don't know, man. You you might have some more convincing than the Bigfoot. You know, I'm like, y- y'all took a picture of a bear. Okay, it's it's just it's a bear. All right, it's fine. Uh, okay, no, that's a that's a Wolverine. It's you know, go, go home. Right. What Bigfoot is actually pixelated. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there's not a clear picture see, of it. This is he this is, is actually pixelated. See, see, some, sometimes That's, I think, man, makes there's sense. no person I trust more than Michael. And then there's other times where I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how he's doing. I don't know if he's okay today. This oh, is one man. of the latter moments. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but no, I've been I've been thankful for the conversation, not just today, but over the weeks and, and months recently. Um, and, and I hope it encourages other people uh, to have courage, imagination, and trusting God's word to have those Mm -hmm. conversations themselves and Mm -hmm. jump in the rabbit hole as it were with confidence uh, that Mm -hmm. the, that God created the rabbit hole, God created all of the above and uh, we're going to be okay. And can I, can I end with just second Peter one 16 real quick, just remembering for, we did not follow cleverly devised myths 
when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. I think it's an important thing to remember that Mm -hmm. he is, uh, by him all things were made in heaven and on earth. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. I think we have this narrative going through scripture that is powerful, that's true, that we can trust. Could you say, would you say Peter was an eyewitness of uh, a UP? Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is the sound of jumping the shark. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was really helpful, man. Eyewitnesses, God's power. Praise God. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. See you. for listening to the fire and bones podcast if you enjoyed this podcast consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform so you can be notified every time a new episode is released consider leaving us a generous review if that's an option for you and most importantly share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links including our contact information feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have thanks for listening and we'll see you next time on the fire and bones podcast Thank you.